Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. McCann can't handle the pass. Has to go back and reset. Now left circle. Cuts in. McCann shoots. Scores! Jared McCann got it. Power play goal. This one. This was six months ago. Six months from now, we're likely into this next season. That's how long it's been for the Seattle Kraken. And New Jersey Devils, their second matchup of the season tonight from Climate Pledge Arena. I'm Mike Benton for Kraken this morning on a Saturday, April 16th. Coors Light pregame show comes your way 6.30. I'll join by the Coors Light landing in Section 20. Everett Fitzhugh and Dave Tomlinson on the call once again. The Kraken trying to snap back-to-back losses. New Jersey, they're looking to win three of four games. We'll be joined by Everett Fitzhugh in just a bit. Play-by-play man for the Kraken. along 93.3 KJRFM and the Kraken Audio Network. And also Mr. Devil, Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion. TV analyst for the Devils on MSG Plus. He'll join us to discuss the youth movement here on the Devils' side. They're out of the playoff hunt, but looking to turn the corner this next season and get back into Stanley Cup playoff competition. Well, the Kraken dropping a 5-3 defeat to the Calgary Flames back on Tuesday, but a big symbol of their future already hitting the score sheet in period one. Matty Beneers walks the line, looking down low for Dunn as he'll play it in the left corner. Dunn backs it off up top, Beneers across, Donato for a shot, and he scores! NHL point number one for Matty Beneers as he gets the assist, Ryan Donato on the goal. That was Everett Fitzhugh, play-by-play for the Kraken, our good friend here on the Kraken Audio Network. Calling a piece of history, Matty Beneers' first career NHL point against the Calgary Flames. Everett, my man, joining us as we get set for the Kraken in New Jersey Devils. And Fitz, I think the million-dollar question, Matty Beneers, he's good, but how good is he going to be? Yeah, uh, the kid looked pretty good, eh? (laughs) I think um, what impressed me the most about his debut is the fact that he didn't look out of place. He didn't look like he was behind. Um, He kept up with the play. He's You could tell he's a very smart hockey player. He made a lot of good plays, a lot of very smart, heady plays. Uh, The kid can skate like the wind, so I thought that was a great uh, piece of his toolbox to see. And the one thing about about Matty Berniers is that every level he's been at, while he's never dominated, uh, he's always fit in, and he's always looked like he belonged. Um, I see him as a more offensively inclined Alexander Wenberg. I think his ceiling, if, if we're talking about where you know you expect him to be in five years with this team, I think he's your second-line center who can fill in in a top-three role if needed, but I think he is your everyday. You slot him in as your number-two center to hold down that second line. Um, if you want another comparison, I, I like Philip Deneau uh, of, of L.A., formerly of Montreal. I know a lot of folks want to throw the Jonathan Taves comparisons out there and the, the Krejci comparisons and the Bergeron comparisons. I mean, these are three future Hall of Fame 
Famers and, and Stanley Cup winners. So, I mean, let's not put all the pressure on the kid just yet, yeah. but based off of what we've seen in 60 minutes of his career, uh, he, he looks like he's going to have no problem having success in this league. Whether you want to put context as far as people that we know who have played this game at such a high level of success, like Patrice Bergeron, Jonathan Taves, or temper those things and give it a more realistic approach like a Philip Deneau. The one thing we know, the guy can drive a line. And already apparent playing with Ryan Donato and Jordan Eberle, off to a great start, and we'll see how long that they can stay together. Well, it helps when you have a hometown connection uh, with him and Donato being from the same area of the Boston uh, the Boston region. Um, it's something about when you're playing with someone from your hometown, you just kind of know instinctively how they think. And, you know, me and, and Nick Gismondi on the other side on Root Sports, him and I have a connection because we're both Detroit area boys. So we you kind of get that. So that line looked really, really good. You could tell, and again, Again, with him being so young, with him being a rookie, you can tell where he fit in with that line. And he wasn't afraid to take over. He wasn't afraid to use his assets to his strength in that game against Calgary. So uh, th those three looked comfortable. Um, I'm not sure what Dave Hackstall has up his sleeve, but I would like to see that line together for a, a lot of, of the remainder of the season. I'm hoping that those three will get some more reps together as we move along here. Dave Axtall did say at the end of practice that the goal is to keep lines consistent here over the next couple of games. It could be as short as one period. It could be longer than that, but uh, they're really in a wait and see process right now of experimenting of who fits who and who fits where because it's going to give, give appropriate headway with just nine games left heading into this next season. Yeah, and, and it's, it's big because you and I have talked about this. Dave and I have talked about this on the air. What you have now on the ice is going to be, for the most part, your core moving forward. There are a handful of free agents who might not be back next season. There are a handful of, of players that may be traded in the offseason. But for the most part, what you see is what you get um, moving forward with this Kraken roster. So now that you have your core in place, you want to see who is deserving of what role. And I look at a guy like Cole Lind, who, if you ask me, I think he's it's now his spot to lose. He has played himself into a spot on this team out of camp next year. He has a good training camp. Uh, I, I, I think that he can he can stay. He can stick and stay, as, as they say in, in, in this business, in the NHL. So that's what you're trying to see. You want to see who a guy like uh, Cole Lynn can play with. You want to see if a guy like Kale Fleury can make your blue line permanently. You want to see if a guy like Morgan Geeky can make that next step and see if he can solidify a more permanent role. And although he's been in every game this season, we've seen him moved up, we've seen him move down. Does Geeky find a way to stay as that consistent third line center, that consistent fourth line role, whatever that may be. So that's what you're trying to figure out right now in these last nine games of the season. As they try to find something solid with those combinations, they're also trying to find something solid with special teams right now. And the facts say these, the Kraken since the All-Star break have scored six shorthanded goals. Since the All-Star break, the Kraken have also scored six power play goals. They are going through a rough and a dry patch right now. Yet we're seeing some tinkering of personnel. Last practice, Jared McCann playing on the left side. Jordan Eberle playing the bumper. Maddie Benier is also playing on the right side. We'll see if that can help. We'll also see if they can maybe tweak a few things like 
Dave Tomlinson said, movement to get things going back in the right direction. Yeah, uh, in Calgary, the, the practice morning skate was supposed to start at 11.30 local time. The team was out on the ice at 11.20 doing power play, um, and then they actually started practice uh, morning skate at 11.40. So they got an additional 15 or so minutes of power play time uh, to work on in Calgary. Now, the one issue for Seattle is they only took eight penalties over, or eight power plays rather, over a seven game stretch a few days ago, a few games ago. Now they're getting more power play opportunities, but we're still seeing the same results. So I think it's all about movement. It's it's all about uh, trying to uh, to get the personnel right. But if you're if you're Seattle, and, and I know this is gonna be a very frustrating answer, you know what you have with your power play units and you kind of have to to force that square peg in the round hole you have to keep going to that well until you you find water because there's going to be no nothing new is going to come at least this season with the power play so if you're seattle you have to dig in and you have to find a way to work within the system that's in place and find a way to score some goals new jersey can the Kraken get the jump on them? Not just five on five, but back to special teams. The Devils have allowed 11 shorthanded goals next to last in the NHL. And we've talked about how much more the Kraken have cranked up their level of aggression on the PK. Yeah, the, the, the PK has been rather offensive for Seattle here in the second half of the season. And it's an area that now when Seattle gets the puck at the blue line and you've got a potential two-on-two -two or, or you're catching a team in a change, as a play-by-play -play man, now my voice goes up a bit because I'm anticipating uh, what what potentially we could see. Um, you know, that's an area where I think that Seattle can find success. Also, five on five, we know the Kraken give up uh, their fair share of goals, but let last check, I want to say New Jersey has given up 30, around 30 more goals five on five than Seattle. So they really have been struggling defensively. You look at this team, it's a very young, talented team. A lot of minuses and a lot of double-digit minuses in that 12-man forward group for the Duke. Can you believe we're talking about the Devils, a team in this day and age, defensively struggling? Oh, my goodness. When you look at all of the great pieces and all of the great Hall of Famers and, and, and players they've had on that team, and, yes, to see this team struggling, that is something that I, I don't think anyone could have foreseen uh, 10 years ago. They are hoping that youth turns the corner. Here's one of the pieces as... We bring in Ken Danico on the MSG Plus side. Here's Heischer with the puck in the left wing corner. Spins away from Ben. Now in the high slot, still with it. Hands it off for ball. Hard pass back to Nico. Still with it in the left wing corner. Moves behind the net. Tries to step out in front. Spins again. Dances along the goal line. And he scores! What a marvelous play! The captain shall lead them, and it's 2-1. to one. That play represents the youth the Devils have and their future, which is certainly bright and trying to make headway into that. The living legend, Ken Danico for the Devils on MSG Plus joining us. Ken, first off, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for the warm welcome. So uh, good to be here. Love this arena. It's pretty unique, something that we, we've never seen the likes of. So it's real nice to be back in Seattle. First off, what takes you back looking at this place? 
Well, just being back in Seattle, it's kind of, uh, I guess you could say, where it all began with for me because I was drafted to New Jersey. We didn't even have a team name back in 1982 when they had moved from Colorado, and I was playing for a junior team, the Seattle Breakers at the time. So obviously fond memories. I have not been back since, uh, and it's certainly, you know, when I when I we landed, when I came and started to walk the streets, I go, wow, this is this is memorable. It's a long time ago, 40 years ago, since I was drafted back in 1982. But uh, but anytime uh, you play junior hockey and in a place uh, for a couple of years, that uh, you know was kind of the start for uh, living your dream. And and I was drafted, like I said, out of Seattle. So so it's a special feeling. What does Seattle hockey look and feel like back when you were here, putting on a breaker sweater and contending with Chicken Wire along yeah. the? <laughs> Oh yeah, I look back and we were talking about that. I was talking about that with Turner Stevenson, one of my New Jersey teammates, and I know he played in Seattle as well. And uh, the chicken wire, the board's hard as rock, and uh, we loved it. That's <laughs> the game was a little different. It was a little nastier. We played that way. We had a blue collar team in Seattle, but a but a good good bunch of guys, and, and obviously just good memories coming back here and a good feeling to to know it started here, but now you're in this beautiful plush arena. So I don't know if I answered your question perfectly. <laughs> it's exactly where we were going with it. But, but no, it's just uh, like I said, back then, hockey was like a lot of places, including New Jersey when it, I started there or was drafted there in 82, went to my first training camp, you know, finding its way, obviously. Yeah. And But we had great diehard fans when we were the Seattle Breakers because we were always one of those teams I felt the couple years I was here that we were underdogs. We uh, always wasn't a whole lot expected, but we had just good, solid teams and great character guys. Well, number one, you answered perfectly. Number two, the five, ten minutes that we have, I think we've only begun to scratch the surface here of the wisdom that you can certainly share <laughs> about this game, Seattle, and this team that we're looking at right now on the ice. Uh, I asked Everett Fitzhugh on the Kraken side a million-dollar question shortly ago. I'll try one with you as well what does spending 40 years with the same organization mean to you <laughs> well it means the world the devils have been uh have been family to me obviously and and i don't take for granted uh, you go through some ownership changes and, and different things and they just really respect and embrace the history of our team and you know we had a lot of success during my era i don't take that for granted we we had a great group of guys and a core group of guys that it was all about winning and, and to be able to be part of three Stanley Cup championship teams. And look, when I was drafted in 82, and it's true, I've said it many, many times, I asked my mother where New Jersey was. I didn't have a clue. So, I, But I would have ran the 2,000 miles just to get my opportunity. And yes, I remember reading some things and I didn't know where I was going to go, when I was going to go. I went much higher than I expected some uh, some Seattle historians and people have been sending me stuff on social media and saying little articles, one-liners say Danico's supposed to go in the NHL 82 draft and uh, a lot of scouts looking at him. I'm like, we never knew that back then. There wasn't so much. So I'm going, does anybody like me? Am I going to get drafted? And then when Jersey called my name uh, uh, 18th overall in the first round, I was flabbergasted. I was shocked because I went a lot higher than I anticipated but it didn't matter where I went I, I that was my dream like any young kid to fulfill a dream of 
of trying to play in the National Hockey League and, and to still be here. I played my entire 20-year career. I didn't want to go with the Devils, didn't want to go anywhere else. I, I it was so grateful to give me a chance. We weren't very good when I came in the league. In fact, we were pretty bad. But I wanted to be part of something. I wanted to be part of the foundation, part of the solution. I thank God when we finally were getting better in the late 80s, early 90s that they didn't trade me because you're usually <laughs> gone by then. And, and then to hoist the Stanley Cup uh, 95 for, for the first time after being with the team 11, 12 years at the time, you know, just made it that much more gratifying. And I was grateful to be there. And, and uh, New Jersey's home, man. I, I love it. I haven't uh, moved anywhere else, lived anywhere else. In fact, kind of settled there right from day one. I loved it. There was a lot to offer and the Jersey Shore and golf and New York City. And it, it just was my whole world. And I made friends outside the game there that I, a lot of guys would go home in the offseason. I wouldn't. I, that was my home. That's where I wanted to be. And I didn't want to play anywhere else. And to be with the organization, you know, I retired in 2003, hoisting my last Stanley Cup, third one, and, and you know, storybook ending for me to go out that way. You know, many athletes get to go out on top. It was a game seven, and your role starts to diminish a little, obviously. As you get older, I was yeah. 39 years old, and, and I'm like, wow, that, that's it. I thought maybe I could hang on, play another year. I'm going, can't go out any better than this. And I knew where I was at in my career. <laughs> in and out a little bit during the playoffs as far as playing but uh, what a way to go out and the organization I haven't left it been with them ever since in a lot of capacities but yeah I started the broadcast in 2006 not the color which I do now for the last I don't even know seven years or so seven eight years a season veteran <laughs> uh, if you can say that but I, but I love it I'm around the game I'm around the team all I wish is them to be successful and and like I said, because it's family, and I've been here close to 40 years, and don't take a day for granted. Grateful the Devils of uh, you know, the way they have treated me, embraced me over the years, and and they know all I care about is winning. That's what it's still. How many years removed am I? 19 years from my playing days, 2003 miles game, and I just want to see them get better. And it's not easy to win in this league, as we yeah. know. <laughs> game seven against the Ducks, hey, still feels like yesterday. You've been a part of three Stanley Cups, as you said. You see now the transformation of this team. This season, hey, no shortage of peaks and valleys. We know youth brings promise. How long until they can take that next step to get back into the playoffs? Look, I, I always say you've got to go in every year and think you can make the playoffs. I know you have to be realistic, but, but having said that, they have the pieces. Uh, you can say it about a lot of teams that are out of the playoffs already. It can be different next year. You can be that team that can get on that role and get good goaltending, uh, your young players develop. And that's where the Devils are at. They th certainly thought this year they, they could have been in it right till the right till uh, the end of the season as far as being a playoff team. That didn't materialize. doesn't always happen on your time. And there were circumstances, injuries, stuff like that, not making excuses, but that's part of it, part of it for a lot of teams. But uh, with guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and Jesper Bratt, uh, you can go on down the list, Sharon Govich, with, with the young talent they have, all 23 years old and younger, they're starting to take that next step. They've developed, they've gotten better. The Devils have filled some holes. They've got a little better in defense. They're gonna have to fill a few more holes in the offseason. But for me, you better be thinking that you can be a playoff team next year. And, and, and that's the mentality you always have to have. But I think, Finally, we maybe sold hope a few years ago, yeah. 
to be more of a successful team because I know the fans get frustrated and rightfully so. Every fan base is passionate. Now it's I can feel the hope. I can touch the hope. Like that's where if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Before maybe I was selling hope a little. Yeah. You know. Now it's no. I I see the nucleus. I see the talent that they have, and so they better think they can make the playoffs next year. And I think that's that's the goal. That's what you're thinking right now. Whether it takes another year, we'll see. But. Uh, I think they can turn that around that quick. I really do. Hope is tangible with yeah, Jack yeah. Hughes. Hope is tangible with Dawson Mercer. Hope is I tangible. Didn't even, I didn't even say Mercer. Forgot about him. What a Nico Heischer also, yes. Yeah. Hope is tangible with Nico Heischer. But Brat, you mentioned, mm -hmm. there's a talk about him being underrated, yet he leads his team in scoring. How underrated really is he? Well, look, he's a very dynamic player. He's a small guy that can fly. He's got great hockey sense. He can move. Uh, Turn on a dime, one of those, one of those small guys that doesn't play small. Meaning, it's hard to catch him, hard to contain him. He's so quick and so elusive, and you know, and he's elevated his game, taking it to another level. So yeah, he's one of those underrated guys. But a lot of times, until your team gets better, you're gonna fly under the radar. Yeah. You know, not as many people yeah. pay attention, but they've taken notice in the hike world. He's just a real good, solid offensive player that. Uh, you know, knows knows how to create, and now he's becoming a better finisher as well. And he's had a terrific season under the tough circumstances because those guys will tell you, and, and rightfully so, that it's been a good year for them. Nico's taken his game to another level. Jack Hughes, who's out the rest of the season, we know that, but was on another level at the time he he was injured as far as over a point a game player and just creates on a nightly basis. These guys will tell you it's not successful because the year we had, but they've taken those necessary steps, I think, to get to where they want to go, and that's be a playoff team. Finally, this visit is like a trip down memory lane for me. You're in the house, Turner Stevenson, a good friend of ours, the Puget <laughs> yeah. Sound in the house also. Martin Brodeur, the one and only in the house. Guys, you went to battle with for so many mm. years and won three cups with. The one teammate you think fans need to have a bite and a beverage with over anybody else. Who's it going to be? Oh, my God. I mean, you know. I played with over two, they, somebody had told me I played with over 210 teammates in my career, so I could name 20. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh gosh, if you want to have a lot of fun and stories and crazy, you mentioned one of them. The guy that's here right now, just a character guy, I loved him, and that's Turner Stevenson. And you don't win without guys like that. I, yeah, you need high-end talent. We had that and built on the fence. And, and, Arguably the greatest goaltender of all time, Marty Bruder and Niedermeyer, who's the best defenseman I've ever played with, best skater I've ever seen, who I have such respect for, and the ferocious Scott Stevens, who is, you know, Hall of Fame guys, Patrick Elias, all these guys. Great, great players, but you need the turn to Stevenson's, and they're usually a lot of fun. Jim McKenzie's another guy I played with and won a cup with. That is a guy you'd like to sit down with and have some laughs <laughs>, <laughs> and, and such a character guy uh, randy mckay i mentioned a lot of the meat and potatoes guys i love all our stars and hall of famers because we don't win without them and yeah you'd love to talk hockey with them because they're all great and all the game names i mentioned the broders and stevens and Niedemeyers and aliashes certainly but well, all the, the character guys and, and the guys you need to win, the Jay Pandolfos, the John Maddens. I can go on down the yeah. list. That, that's a hard question <laughs> for me. But the fun guys, yeah, Turner Stevenson, uh, anytime I see him, give him a big hug. He's a mountain of a man, and his heart and character is the same way. So the, the guys like him. and Scotty, oh, you want to mention a guy, Scott Gomez. That's another guy you'd want to 
sit down, have lunch with, a soda with, whatever, because he's one of the funniest characters as well. And was also a great player. I loved him. I love them all. Guys that you win with, you always have a special bond. You don't have to see each other for 10 years. You get together, it's like you never left. It's like you, you hadn't missed a beat like you saw each other yesterday, you know what I mean? So I could go on down the list. This is a great topic, if you had time. But Gomez is one of those guys that uh, I certainly loved as well. And I can name so many more that I'm missing that I love them all, because we won and we have a bond. First person to count on my two years in Alaska, Scott Gomez is the ultimate beautician. Ken, <laughs> yeah. you yourself, I hope we can do this again sometime soon. Thank you my very pleasure. much. My pleasure. Anytime, pal, anytime. All right, that sets the scene. Want to thank Ever If It's You. Want to thank Ken Danico joining us here for Kraken this morning as we get set for matchup number two once again and for the first time since October 19th of 2021. It's been that long. The Seattle Kraken take on the New Jersey Devils. And for the first time ever, they'll square off here at Climate Pledge Arena, 7 o'clock for Puck Drop along 93.3 KJRFM, the Kraken Audio Network as well. And I'll join you at 6.30 for the Coors Light pregame show. Wherever you may be, we hope that you can join us. Thank you for being with us for Kraken this morning. I'm Mike Benson. Happy Saturday. Your flagship home for the Seattle Kraken. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.